0: (laughs) (laughs) We're ready, okay Welcome to the very first episode of The Vampire Book Club, the podcast where we read books about scary things and then laugh about them. Very creepy. Very creepy. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jamie. And today we are discussing The Castle of Otranto by Horace Walpole. Um, We were initially going to do Twilight as our first episode, but um, we just didn't and now eight months later here we are ready to record exactly with a different book which we have done significantly less prep for so we're just gonna see how it goes Mm -hmm. okay so the castle of otranto jamie what was your perception of the castle of otranto before you read it or even as you were reading it
1: well i know that it was supposed to be you know like the progenitor of uh, the gothic genre Aside from that, I knew absolutely nothing about it. I think I've seen... seen clips? I've heard about it, and that was basically it. So I came into it pretty blind. When did you read it first? I read it first when I was about 15, I think. And I had the same reaction as many of the reviewers were going to (laughs) come to. In that I had absolutely no clue what was going on. But now... As a uh, as a as a big human of twenty four, I think we've plotted the, <laughs> the family tree pretty well.
0: It is it is an absolute mess, which I think is is interesting considering its kind of enduring popularity. Mm-hmm. It was first published in seventeen sixty four for the first time, and then republished with a different preface where he owned up to writing it. Yeah, it, it was not after it was. After he realised that people liked it, it was not William Marshall. <laughs> Basically,
1: it was actually Horace It <laughs> was him
0: all along, exactly. And, yes. and yeah, I think I can't remember when I first. I think I read it quite for the first time quite recently. Mm-hmm. I think it was like maybe like last year or the year before, while I was trying to like. Why get, did you read it? Because just to get some books that I should have read off my list, <laughs> and I tried to read Anne Radcliffe's Mysteries of Udolpho, and that was just long. And then I found this one, and I was like, oh, this is significantly shorter. I'm sure I can. I can power through this, <laughs> it was and uh, it is—it's a very different book to the Mysteries of Udolpho, um, and yeah, I think it's—I think it's hilarious. I read it
1: all in one sitting uh, in awesome. the bath, and every time the bath <laughs> would get cold, I would just let some of the cold water out and then put some hot water in, and um, yeah, it was quite the quite the experience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I read a brilliant—I I, I didn't read it; I listened to the audiobook this time round because. I haven't got time to read uh, <laughs> and uh, the narrator was very theatrical which I thoroughly enjoyed he, really, he really brought it to life
1: <laughs> good because it is wild it
0: is wild um, let's read some of the reviews see what other people are thinking about I have
1: so I have three reviews here from um, just Google I believe they've been pulled from Good uh, Goodreads or something like that Jacob O'Grady, a year ago, says, yo, I preferred Hotel Transylvania, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, two people found this helpful.
0: <laughs> two people? So, Hotel, is Hotel Transylvania the, the Disney movie? The Disney. I think well,
1: it's, a, it's definitely a movie. It's like an animated movie. I've not seen it myself. but um,
0: It's got Adam Sandler voicing Dracula, <laughs> doesn't it?
1: <laughs> Move over, Nosferatu.
0: <laughs> Bella, like, go see Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the
1: second one is uh, from Bailey Any a year ago which was the book was old and doo-doo big disappointment <laughs> and one person found this helpful so <laughs> the book was the, old and doo-doo. the reviews are coming in Horace and uh, the contemporary crowd are not loving it
0: and yeah it's as still much as enduring exactly in popular culture which yeah I think that's an interesting thing about it
1: and then finally DT Photography four months ago so fairly recent recently Said, uh, gave it two stars. I don't know if I mentioned it. I can't remember. But the other two reviewers gave it a gave it a a one. <laughs> but DT Photography says, I love gothic literature, but this is like a bad soap opera. It started interesting, so I thought, and quickly turned conv- t- and quickly turned convoluted plot, crazy characters, just plain ridiculous. And is that not the like you've said enduring attraction of it? That think- it is wild
0: it is fucking wild and i think that's part of the convention of gothic is that it's just this it's it seemed to have garnered this reputation of being like already lofty and kind of you know important and it is in a lot of ways but it is also fucking ridiculous (laughs) in
1: so many exactly it is extremely ridiculous and like like you said like horace was pretty self-conscious about its sort of um i suppose cheesiness (laughs) that when it did get a pretty good reception um he claimed it and he was like this is mine this is not
0: um, (laughs) it was me this is not
1: oh god i'm not gonna even no i am gonna attempt it anufrio Moralto. he's a italian alter ego
0: translated by william marshall exactly a gentleman <laughs> 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 a gentleman translator these two people
1: were responsible for this and you know they're, they're dead because this was written in the 1500s said uh, Horace
0: and it was found in a yeah there's this whole backstory it was like it's found in a in an attic in this old family house mm-hmm. that you know was Catholic and they hid it away and I've discovered it and now I'm going to tell you the story and, and it's the, all a lie the
1: layout of the castle is just too specific for this to be completely rooted in, in fiction so maybe the castle of Otranto did exist somewhere
0: <laughs> and then he
1: comes out and he's like yep yeah, I made it up and it was Great, wasn't it? <laughs> well, not not that it was great. Love it. <laughs> not that it was great. It was just like you know, this is this is the ideas that I had behind it, um, and and how I wanted it to be received, and how it was received, mm. which I that think is
0: interesting. It. And we will discuss the two separate prefaces mm-hmm. in a bit. Mm-hmm. But before we get on to that, let's try and detangle to some degree the plot and the family tree. So. Okay, start with a, a, a little summary. Mm-hmm. Basically, it all starts... It all kicks off. It, it all kicks off in Otranto when uh, Conrad, the prince who is in line for the Otranto... Principality, yeah. The principality, the throne of Otranto. We're never actually told like how, how, or how important no. Otranto is yeah. to, to anywhere else. Uh, it's all very insular. Um, he is crushed by a giant helmet. Is it on the day of his wedding? or
1: It is on the day of his is, wedding. It,
0: yeah, it's, it's, very, uh, it's very poetic. Um, he's crushed by a massive helmet um, and dies. and Quite horribly. Quite horribly. And uh, this kicks off a lot of shit because Manfred, his dad, who is the current ruler of Otranto, is like... Holy shit, there's this fucking prophecy that says that the line is the bloodline is gonna end and we're not gonna be in charge of a tranto anymore. And this is the beginning of it. Holy fuck. And that is the start. What then happens is a concatenation of shit, basically. Mm-hmm. They. Manfred decides to imprison a young peasant named Theodore under the helmet. Because he, he got a
1: bit smart.
0: He got a bit smart and pointed out, interestingly, that the helmet looks distinctly like that of the massive statue of Alfonso who... Was Is he the founder of Otranto? Or yeah. is he just... He's just a big deal in Otranto. He, he, yeah. He's a massive
1: deal. Quite literally, as you will <laughs> come to find out. He's a,
0: a massive deal. Massive deal. <laughs> and uh, so Manfred decides to, to imprison him for his impertinence under the helmet um, and decides that he is going to... Divorce his barren (laughs) wife, Hippolyta, (laughs) um, and instead marry um, Conrad's bride-to-be, Isabella, um, so that she can bear him a son and that this prophecy isn't going to come to pass. So when he tells Isabella this, she runs away. She does. uh, And goes she goes to the the dungeons of the castle and is looking for a way to escape and then theodore's there somehow we never find out how he got out from under the helmet oh
1: i think he i think the uh i think it was i think it was that he fell through the the floor i think i think the the helmet is so heavy No, I'm, i think the helmet is so heavy that it like broke up the stone above and he basically just like slipped through
0: <laughs> it's true it's true. Okay, okay, okay. So he slips through the stone, landed in this in this cellar this dark passageway and he helps Matilda Matilda he helps Isabella to escape. And then Manfred comes in and he's really annoyed. And he's he's like, kind of weird in that scene.
1: He just opens the door and then just is sort of like waiting in the shadows. Like he doesn't... He's he's just fallen through from... He's imprisoned in, in beneath <laughs> a helmet and then fallen through the floor and is just sort of like skulking in the dark. Like he's not like, help! Help me! Because at this, as far as we know at this point, he's just some peasant boy. We don't know that he's... um Spoilers.
0: He's <laughs> <This is> just is <laughs> that we all come to. Um, Manfred... Uh, dislikes the attitude that he gets because he's like, where's Isabella? And Theodore's like, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, Manfred's like, you must know. And so has him imprisoned again. Does mm-hmm. he ha- yeah, he has him imprisoned again. Um, he's imprisoned like four times in this. It's really hard to keep track. So Theodore's in prison again. Then two of Manfred's servants run in, G- Diego and Jackers, and yep. say that there's... The castle is being haunted and they've seen a massive foot ghost in the Great Hall or somewhere. A giant foot. A giant foot that's haunting the castle. Mm-hmm. And Manfred's like, This is silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then and then what happens? What happens after that bit? Then we get is that oh yes, yeah, so Father Jerome comes along. Mm-hmm. Right, because Manfred's like, I need to A, find Isabella. Oh, no, that's a bit, yeah. Isabella runs to the the church. Yes. Where Father Jerome is. Mm -hmm. Father Jerome then comes to Manfred to short the shit out. Yeah, he's like, you are not marrying this girl.
1: Absolutely not. No divorce.
0: (laughs) It's a sin against God, blah, 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 all of that. And Manfred's like, shut the
1: hell up. (laughs)
0: I'm going to do what I want. Um and uh says that Father Jerome has to bring Isabella to him, and then Father Jerome's like no, and then somehow because that's the bit where where Theodore's suddenly there again, and I can't remember how he is it how they how he got there where we are in the castle. It's all very vague.
1: Theodore, well he gets himself into Manfred's good graces for a hot second. Oh yeah, because he he's gonna
0: go and see the ghost. How he, he does it, and
1: then. Yeah, yeah. He's going to go see the ghost with him. Um, and then I think Manfred then immediately yeah, it, it turns on him and imprisons him again.
0: But he doesn't get taken away, and that's when Father Jerome comes in. Mm-hmm. And then Theodore's being annoying again. Manfred finds him annoying, and so he's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> um, and then Theodore takes off his shirt, and there's a birthmark, or an, it's a mark, a mark shaped like an arrow or something. And
1: Jerome loses his mind. He's like, this is my...
0: Son! My long lost son! My son! And it turns out that Father Jerome was uh, secretly a rich guy. An earl. An earl before he took...
1: He pledged, himself to- <laughs> he pledged himself <laughs> to uh, GG <laughs>
0: the, the big G. Um, and that he had a son who has been long lost, and this is Theodore, and uh, he pleads with Manfred to let him go, and Manfred says, I will let him go if you bring me Isabella. Oh, Barbara side note Trump. as
1: well. By this point, uh, also Manfred is also doubly hating uh, Theodore because people keep saying, oh, doesn't
0: he look like...
1: Alfonso and Manfred's like he doesn't look like Alfonso. Stop saying he looks like Alfonso because he doesn't. So, um but, but when he just, does, yeah, we know he, he does. does. He looks, he looks like, like this
0: this guy. I will get to Alfonso in a second, mm-hmm. but this is a big problem for Manfred for prophecy reasons. So, <laughs> anyway, at this point, Father Jerome agrees to bring Isabella in exchange for his son's life. And then a knight with a massive sword turns up um, who doesn't take off his helmet, so we don't know who he is, and he doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit weird. They go for, like, Manfred...
1: Well, but he know. basically
0: threatens to... So one of his servers like, says, like, oh, I'm here with this guy, and on behalf of this guy, Friedrich, who is Isabel's father, and he wants her back, and you can't marry her off, uh, soz and so the this knight is just there um and Manfred's like holy shit now I've got to deal with this so he takes him off to to a banquet and uh Father Jerome goes off to find Isabella but Father Jerome like Isabella by this point has gone she's she's left the 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 church um because somehow she's found out oh yeah one of the friars tells her that Father Jerome's made this deal and she's like, I'm going to go. And then Father Jerome's like, oh shit, now I'm going to have to go and tell Manfred that like I I've lost his I've daughter. I've lost his daughter, but also, like, please don't kill my As son. As you know his daughter,
1: I've lost Isabella.
0: Yeah, so he goes back to the castle. In the meantime, Manfred is trying to entertain this silent knight who won't <laughs> take his armour off.
1: And won't have any food or enjoy himself at all. And he's just
0: sat there silently and Manfred's like, this is awkward, I'm trying to, trying to entertain you here. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't work. And also
1: this guy's just threatened him at the door and being like, I'm taking the Principality of and Manfred's like no you're fucking not you're absolutely not but you know what I come to dinner come to dinner you know I will show you I will show you that good gothic hospitality and um sit you at my table and we will feast and uh Friedrich is like
0: and he's trying really hard yeah he's like
1: sat there like I'm going to duel you for your (laughs) champion at some point so let's just get this over with
0: Yes, so at this point we discover that he is Friedrich, I think he takes up his helmet or something and he's like, ah, I wasn't dead all along because supposedly then we find out that he wasn't killed in the Holy Wars like we all thought. He's actually alive and he's here to get his daughter back. And then Father Jerome runs in and is like, Isabella's gone, we've lost her. And he's like, what the fuck have you been doing with my daughter? And Manfred's like, wop, (laughs) wop. Sorry. (laughs) Um, And so Frederick runs off to go and find Isabella. Mm. Um, Then where does it go then? It goes to... Bianca has a weird conversation with Theodore, which is not relevant. Theodore... Oh no, Matilda. Is Mm. it Matilda? Is this Matilda fit? Matilda lets Theodore out of prison. Yes. He's been imprisoned again. She gives him some armor. They have a romantic moment where they both realize they're head over heels in love for each other even though they've only just met. Mm -hmm. Um, She lets him out and he goes off into the woods where he discovers Isabella hiding in a cave. Mm -hmm. And... He's like, I will not let
1: anyone through the mouth of this cave I will die protecting you. Even Isabella's is like
0: really no reason <laughs> why you should be doing this. <laughs> well Isabella's is like, well that's well
1: that's great. Thank you. Like, <laughs> I, that's great. And then a knight approaches the uh mouth of the tunnel and a uh, there's no communication whatsoever <laughs> as to who anyone is. Like it's just,
0: just pure testosterone
1: duel. fueled dueling. Like it's just like you are not coming in here and seeing Isabella. And then the knight is like, yes, I am. And then, you know, there's a there's a there's a short exchange which swords are involved, and the knight is um is
0: maimed quite it's implied to be he's like, he, bad yeah. it's on his it's weird because he's on his deathbed and then they find well not on his deathbed he's like dying and they're like holding him and he's like, Oh no oh where's Isabella, my daughter and they're like, Oh my god, you're and, the we're like, and they're oh. like, oh. oh shit, we just killed your father. Yeah. And then and then they take him back to the castle and uh he's fine <laughs> they put him in bed yeah, he's- <laughs> he's,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's they, they just they give him a yeah he just has a lay down yeah. he's implied to be like he's implied to be like you know on 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 death's door yeah like, on, like laying in the field and they're like, really somebody reading his last rites like oh my god and then yeah he just has a lay down and he's ready to, ready he's, to fine. Get, he's, ready. He's, he's fine he's
0: fine he, he gets the hots on for matilda mm-hmm. who's manfred's daughter comrade's Oh my God! So we'll go through the we'll go through the mm-hmm. fucking family tree in a minute, but <laughs> but so they're all crowded round his deathbed, not deathbed, sick bed, Sickbed. sick bed, sick bed. Sick... bed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're all there. And Manfred seems to have forgotten that he's imprisoned Theodore. He's just left to roam. There. Well, no, because well, what happened? They. Like, Frederick tells his story, Mm -hmm. and then Manfred comes in and he's like, Oh my god, it's the ghost of Alfonso, because he's in this weird, like, old armour. Yep. And it's Theodore, and then they're like, How the hell did you get out? And then he's
1: like, Because he doesn't want to throw Matilda under the bus, he's like, "Um, Oh, my dad let me out.
0: And Father was like, Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, Yeah. I let him out. I totally let him out. I totally did that. (laughs) Uh, Yep. And then they all just depart ways. Um, uh, very randomly, and in in the meantime, Frederick gets sees Matilda. He gets the hots for Matilda. He wants to marry Matilda. Manfred says, "If you let me marry your daughter Isabella, you can marry Matilda." And Frederick's like, "Okay." Frederick's like, like Frederick's like
1: at, at this point implied to be sort of like addled by blood loss as well and he's like you know he, he's on his he's he's on his stab bed well, but like we fine. said he's fine but he's also like affected by the injuries he's just like he's not gonna die like, he's definitely not gonna die but he's he's he he's ill like he's 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 infirm and manfred's like great i can that use way. this to my advantage i can i can can i can join our two families together so that um my claim to Atranto will be the only legitimate one
0: yeah, and so they all go away. Kind of, the women are kind of a bit put out of the to marry these men, mm-hmm. these gross old men. Um, and uh, they have a weird conversation about it because Isabella saw that Theodore looked at Matilda. Oh, is this the one where Matilda they have like look back, and Isabella's like, like "I find him hot," <laughs> and it's all they have this they're like abruptly awkward no, they, conversation. That ho- conversation <laughs> they
1: have as well, where Isabella's like why would i like theodore he nearly killed my dad like why would i like him like do you like him though do you like him though? <laughs> you don't like him yeah do you like him he nearly killed my dad you shouldn't like him because he nearly killed my dad just so you know and then they basically um i don't even remember how this um conversation is like reconciled to itself but after that they're like i'm sorry we were sisters. We've known each other for so long. You have him, Matilda. You have Theodore.
0: And then Hippolyta comes in and is like, No, you have to marry these gross, gross. old at
1: this point as well, like, Father Jerome has been like, You don't get divorced. And she's like, I will do anything
0: that Manfred says. That
1: Manfred says. I will do um, anything that he says. So if. And then he's like, no, don't get divorced. Like like he she even gets told, like, you know, his his actual his actual desire is to like, you know, just like sack you off to a nunnery and like marry Isabella, Isabella and, and like have, have have a son. But she's not like fine with it. She's just resigned, resigned to, to the fact that this I guess this is gonna happen, you know, like <laughs> fine, then, I guess.
0: Yeah. So that so that's the end of the women. Um <laughs> that's basically as much as we ever hear from them. Mm-hmm. And then then what happens? Then it all gets very then it all gets very complicated Mm -hmm. so there are a few banquets there are a few ghosts but basically what we find out is that frederick was given this massive sword by a hermit in the woods who was on his who was dying on his deathbed um and he was given he was given these instructions to give this knight the sword the massive sword by saint nicholas it's all very like you know religious and you know holy in this whole destiny And everyone is kind of just mooching around, kind of seeing ghosts. Um, Things are happening in the castle. And then the next big thing that happens is is Isabella... Mm -hmm. No, Matilda goes to meet Theodore Mm -hmm. in the church Mm. for some loving. And Manfred follows them, thinking that it's his daughter Isabella... No, no, sorry, sorry, not his daughter Isabella, Isabella, Isabella. who he who who wishes to uh, wed. Matilda's his daughter. Matilda goes and yeah, Matilda goes Mm -hmm. to the church to meet Theodore. He thinks it's Isabella and goes to kill her. Yes. for having this tryst behind his back mm-hmm. and he kills her but it turns out that it was Matilda and so he's just killed his own daughter and he's racked with grief.
1: Yeah he tries so he wants to kill himself but then Theodore like jumps on him. Yeah and um... there's a whole
0: dramatic sequence of you know all these terrible things happening and then basically the story is resolved when Isabella agrees to Matt Theodore is somehow and we've tried to work it out. We don't really know how but he's suddenly found to be the rightful heir of Otranto. Mm -hmm. Isabella decides to marry him and Manfred goes off with Hippolyta to lead a Christian life of solitude. And that's basically the story and if you didn't follow that, neither did we.
1: (laughs) Precisely. (laughs) I have, though... Are we going to go... We're going to move on to the family tree. Let's go
0: through the family tree. I have, though, uh,
1: sat here and on a sheet of paper plotted... um, the family tree for so, mostly so that we can speak about it with any sort of confidence so <laughs>
0: just to remind we us. have <laughs> we mixing so, names we've
1: like i like we've mentioned alfonso the good the uh the rightful owner of otranto the uh
0: long dead but massive still deal. deal the massive deal, massive deal.
1: <laughs> oh we also excluded the fact you know where like the castle basically falls apart
0: and there's like a, oh, alfonso yeah. is like there And And the sword falls at one point, and he's like, the statue's crying blood. It's all very. It's gothic. It's very, very
1: uh, gothic. Um, But yeah, I I think Alfonso specifically says that, like, Theodore is. um, Theodore is. Oh, hold on. No. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. One second. We've got the book here, so we're just flicking through it. What bit are you looking for? I'm trying to look for the bit where Alfonso, the ghost of Alfonso, appears. Like the 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 wall falls down in a, a tranto, and then he like says some shit.
0: He says some he shit. Says, he lays some hard truth. He lays
1: down something. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, I don't think I've a. Uh, this is this is the the stabbing. No. Okay. Well. The ghost of Alfonso turns up and and, and speaks some, uh, spits some shit.
0: But Alfonso is meant to be like the the true ruler. He's like this legend guy. Mm-hmm. He's long dead, but everyone really respects him. Um, and he's like the start of this whole mess of a family tree. So
1: he will say some stuff. Um, I he, when Charlie's talking later, maybe I'll flick through the book and find exactly what he says. So that. But <laughs> I can talk about it with some confidence. the,
0: the fact yes? <laughs> we will find it. But that Alfonso. was that, that was a
1: yeah. So Alfonso the big deal, the big Al- cheese. Yeah. <laughs> the very massive cheese. The
0: very,
1: very He um were he went to fight in the holy land in the holy in the holy war the crusades. Um he was never thought to have sired uh, a child. However, he did. Um with a woman called Victoria uh but he didn't want it known that he was wedded when he was on the crusade because he thought it was, it would, it, it was unchristian. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great knowledge. It was kept very secret. Um, he dies. I'm not going to say who murders him, but that's also important. He dies <laughs> um, and Victoria has a nameless gal uh, she's written down on my notes here that she, that he has a daughter with Victoria who
0: has another um, does he have another does she have then a nameless gal or mm, is there only one there's only
1: girl? one nameless gal it doesn't matter one nameless gal
0: somewhere down the line one nameless gal Father girl. Jerome sleeps with a nameless gal who, who is, is Alfonso's daughter descendant of Alfonso
1: Father Jerome when he was in his in his slutty Earl days
0: <laughs> slutty Earl had, <laughs> slutty Earl Jerome yeah,
1: had a uh, sex with a, a nameless gal Wedded her, all the rest of it, and they had Theodore, which is why Theodore looks so much like Alfonso because Alfonso is his granddaddy. But like I said, Alfonso died in the Holy Land. Um, who killed him? You ask. <laughs> Only Manfred's grandfather, Ricardo. Ricardo. So maybe there is another nameless gal somewhere is in here. A, is
0: there another nameless gal? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. No, it's not because, because, important. Yeah, they're not. They're not people. No. Exactly. They're, they're just wombs.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are. You're exactly right. They're just wombs. So, yeah. Ricardo kills Alfonso, which is Manfred's granddad, uh, and creates a fictitious will of, uh, of of usurpation. I do hope that's a word. <laughs> um, and takes the Principality of Otranto uh, onto himself and his family. Uh, obviously, uh, Hippolyta and Manfred. Uh, Hippolyta. Hippolyta. My God, <laughs> I was thinking about two. too. I, like, I was just thinking about sausages. Before this, I was like, I, I, I need to stop calling a Hippolyta like the sausage. And I don't hope. I do hope I don't do it in the podcast. <laughs> First time I'm saying a name. Do it. Hippolyta and Manfred, obviously an item. They have a uh, Matilda and Conrad, who at the beginning of the novel, uh, Mat- Matilda's like, "Oh, my father," uh, you're led to believe that. Manfred loves Conrad and loathes Matilda. In reality, he just fucking hates both his children. When he's trying yeah, to. Yeah, about Conrad, like
0: he's just a weakling. Yeah, when he's, to... he's when... Really yeah and... <laughs> when he's trying to. He's uh, sickly and I can rely on him. When he's trying to
1: basically assault Isabella, he's like, You're not sorry for Conrad dying. And you know what? Neither am I. He's like, He, he was, was weak. He didn't deserve you. <laughs> exactly. But me, I'm a real man. <laughs> I'm a real man. And you are a real woman. You can. Make me a boy, like you said, wombs. But she's resistant to her um to being a walking womb, um. <laughs>
0: to an extent. So she uh
1: she yeah to an extent she she
0: dies. So so poor Matilda.
1: No, that was, I am saying Isabella was resistant. Oh, to being a Isabella. Womb. She she runs away from uh, yeah, from and then
0: she marries Theodore. So that's all.
1: So I guess she does. Kind yeah, of she's love.
0: just kind yeah. of. Friedrich, we can't really work out how he's related to Alfonso, but they are related, and so he. Before Theodore somehow was, blood relative about somehow cancer. blood relative before Theodore is proclaimed to be a direct descendant, and they realize this Friedrich and his family are meant yeah to be, they've got the best claim, yeah they ha- so but they've been usurped mm-hmm. by by Manfred's family mm-hmm. um and that's kind of yeah, that's the family tree we'll'll we'll, we'll head back to it no doubt when we're and we, we you have sort of like other characters dotted around like
1: bianca the 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 scared maid and then other scared servants and then the, the hermit who personally is my favourite character because <laughs> he just uh, he just he just exists to be a spooky bit and who doesn't like a spooky bit
0: but that's yeah that's the big that's the big part that's the big part that everyone needs to those are the big ones mm. and that's how everyone's kind of related and it's it really took us a while to figure <laughs> that out it was not clear Easy. Um, and a lot of it comes it's just complete exposition at
1: the end as well
0: it's like oh this is how everything it's like oh and then it ends and then all's just and done like, okay okay fine <laughs> which is which is which is what i was saying earlier about how um it's kind of gothic in structure um because it is so convoluted and difficult to follow it's kind of like i read something that was like it's sort of all kind of you know, a really good metaphor mm. for the for the for the structure and for the kind of the plot line is kind of like the very gothic aesthetic of like winding corridors and like mm-hmm. dungeons and stuff. Because it's you know, and who's behind the door, you don't know. It's all, it's all just a, a mess, but purposefully, purposeful it's, mess. There's a purposeful <laughs> gothic mess. Same. Um, yeah. So, uh, and it's all yeah. The thing about it is, it depends. I don't know, maybe, listeners, you've read it. Maybe you haven't. Uh, if you have, you will either have a copy with quotation marks or you won't. And, and if you
1: have, you can correct us on some uh, stuff.
0: Yes, because, <laughs> because it was originally published without quotation marks because grammar wasn't standardised at this point. However, Walpole really just fucks around with that and doesn't make it clear at all who is speaking. And so you have these very kind of gothically structured sentences where it kind of all falls into one and it's kind of like... It's very, like, it's very difficult to navigate. Mm -hmm. a it's kind of a a complicated read. Mm -hmm. And so I can see, like, why people are kind of put off by that. I think it's a bit ridiculous.
1: Yeah, uh... Doodoo, I think. oh, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and the delusive deliberately archaic language and it's all it's all designed to be
1: Don't you, you know, know it was written in the fifteen hundreds yeah, by, uh, by
0: Euphorio whatever the yeah. name is <laughs> But it's all designed to be incredibly gothic and this is why, you know, it's it's the original Gothic novel and this is this is why it's established so many of those kind of kind of tropes mm-hmm. um and it was sort of the first one uh to do that and uh it's 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 frustrating because there are so many questions in the plot that are left without a resolution yeah. like where the fuck do all the ghosts come from yeah. how does the helmet land on comrade how where? does it
1: get grow larger because it implied that like <laughs> Why this is ridiculously shape? large like i remember when i first sort of when i first um <laughs> when i first heard it described to me and it was like uh um the the it starts with a death caused by a helmet i was expecting like some sort of like a meteorite like you know like a, 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 a helmet the size of a normal helmet-sized helmet sized <laughs> helmet like somehow like flying out and like clocking uh poor conrad round the head but no he he's he's
0: a, a, massive a massive helmet, helmet that a lands on him a comically large helmet yeah and yeah uh, when i read that i was like have i read this right i had to go and like look up archaic Uses for the word helmet. because so I was like, maybe this means something else. I, like, why would a helmet just fall out of didn't, the You did. I did the.
1: Com- I did. I, I went. I did the shorter route, and I just typed in "Cast of Atranto helmet" on Google Images, and found lots of uh, lovely artist renditions of the scene of uh, <laughs> a, a massive helmet on poor Conrad.
0: a oh, poor Conrad, he gets a bad. He gets a bad time in this story. He does get a
1: bad time, but he thank God dies. he doesn't have to be alive for a lot of it. <laughs>
0: he does live through all of that. Shit. Um, and yes. Because it's so complex and it's so bizarre and because it is the first of its of its time. There are two it was published the first time in what was it? Seventeen sixty eight, seventeen sixty seventeen sixty four. And then he republished it again. I can't remember how how long later, mm-hmm. but um he republished it with a separate preface. And the preface is interesting because in the original preface he goes on talking about how, you know, he's this translator, William Marshall, and that, you know, he found this you know as i was saying before found this mm-hmm. old text it was like withered away and like he was translating this from from you know this thing that he found in like, italian that he yeah. italian and yeah it had this weird whole and the english language he, he's
1: it's very funny he's like the english language does not do this justice obviously it was never written in italian he's like, <laughs> the english language does not do the intricacies Which of is just this such a cop-out yeah like, it really is like, like if you find this shit
0: it's because it's meant what, to be in Italian exactly <laughs>
1: and the, the, you know the Italian language just has the the subtle lilts and flows to convey the gothic style um, but obviously it was never written in Italian it's only ever written in it, was, in it, was, it was written in English so. and then he
0: re- and so he and then it was received well and he republished it and kind of completely threw the whole first preface into the whole point of it was kind of lost in a way because he says that, no it was actually me Horace Walpole um the guy in that spooky house down the road and i wrote it and i wanted it to be like shakespeare and i wanted to convey the subtleties of human emotion which we will talk about because i don't know who he's running into but (laughs) he's got some very irrational Hmm. friends yeah
1: and uh, some very uh i I can't i do not believe that every woman that he's met in his life behaved like the poor women he wrote about (laughs) Good lord, but I also agree. In the um, I also really like the fact that this preface is a is you know almost an extension of the gothic narrative of it of of encoded language and um, secrecy and sort of like um duplicitousness, like fake stories surrounding stuff, or sort of like the um, mythos surrounding the creation of the Castle of Otranto is gothic. Uh, in itself, hence why I prefer the first preface. I prefer I, the I first I like the idea well. of it coming from, um, even if it's not true. It sort of somewhat reminds me of like the uh, you know, like the way that people create uh, found footage. You know, that sort of intrigue is <laughs> to this Blair could Witch be, Project. Exactly, <laughs> this could be real. Like this could be r- real. It's like Horace, nobody's buying that this was written in the fifteen hundreds, and uh yeah. for for like nobody is is actually going to buy that. But it's. Interesting, and I think has as much gothic um, worth as the story itself.
0: I think so. Yeah, I don't like the second preference as much either. But I think, yeah, like, it's it's kind of... Because it's kind of, like, it's, it's trying to make it seem a bit more true, even though he kind of does say, you know, I know that, like, ghosts aren't real, mm-hmm. but, like, some aspect of this must be real. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so... It, but it doesn't make it it more scary it, yeah like you say it just kind of adds to the kind of mm. the the mythos that we all buy into which is interesting that he does that in the preface because oh thinking about derrida fucking derrida but <laughs> 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 our least favorite our worst enemy yeah. um derrida who wrote about the structure of narrative and like talking about the the preface is this kind of existing in this liminal space between something that you know kind of presents itself as should be allowed to stand on its own but also can't stand on its own because mm-hmm. it's so connected to the thing mm-hmm, and so it's mm-hmm. it's an inherently gothic thing in itself and so when he kind of changes that and kind of goes like oh no it's all fake and i wrote it and yeah, oh, it's,
1: it's, the, uh, it's the it's the uh, Scooby Doo moment yeah. and i'm sure i'll talk about Scooby Doo later because it this whole, this whole uh, novel to me just reads as a just people scoob- pure Scooby-Doo.
0: Running in one door and coming out another. It them. is. But this is,
1: the, this is the, the unveiling moment, you know, where, he, where Horace Walpole takes off the Italian mask. And uh, he's a, it's actually um, an English Member of Parliament. Yeah, and uh, and it's
0: a bit sad. Yeah, it, kind of, it takes away from it a little bit, fucking Horace. Um, yeah. but yeah. So should we talk about the characters? Let's talk let's about talk the characters. About, let's talk about the big, not that, not not the big cheese, but the main character, I guess, and also the, the villain.
1: Smaller Manfred. Shittier cheese.
0: What do you how, What do you think of Manfred?
1: <laughs> I think Manfred is I think I know I understand that he was inspired by Henry VIII who I uh as a historical figure have a soft spot for because I think he was horrendous too (laughs) but in a slightly more interesting way no I don't think Manfred isn't interesting I just think he I don't think he's got really any redeeming features about him whatsoever i like, do
0: think that the part where he's trying to entertain the silent knight is is sweet <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and i feel kind of i for him. don't feel bad for him in that context because i think he's like like he's he's like he invites uh uh frederick in I keep changing how i'm pronouncing his name he invites frederick 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 Friedrich, frederick Friedrich, 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 Friedrich. freddie ready baby he invites him in and uh frederick is like i want this castle stop hosting a banquet in my castle and my friend's like hey guys <laughs> let's you're just not hosting me i'm hosting you yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is a host up he's like let's just and you know let's be let's be entertained let's have like one good night before we you and me have to fall out because this is my fucking castle <laughs> you know, like i do not feel any sort of uh, sympathy I'm... for him obviously the uh the scene with him and isabella where isabella was like i because you know isabella thinks it's like a fake out isabella is like i'm really sorry that your son's dead and he's like i genuinely don't care and she's like i am sorry and he's like i don't
0: care <laughs> <laughs> i would like so you say that i would like to write an, uh, an essay on on uh, the the kind of how manfred kind of takes on kind of a lot of female roles which I think is is kind of interesting because he's the one you know he's the one kind of hosting and he's the one kind of like managing his children's like matrimonial futures and he's and there's another part where he like gets really where they're having a banquet this is in all the convoluted bit after you know it's it's Mm-hmm. you know, people are thinking they're going to marry people and whatever, towards the end of the book where they have a, a banquet and everyone's really angry and upset because <laughs> everyone's having to marry all these people they don't want to and, you know, they're being dispossessed of their heritage or whatever and Manfred just, like, can't handle it and gets really drunk and, like, tries to oh, yeah, he does. Tries to make everyone, like, have a good time yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, I know he's obviously the cause of, of all yeah, of everyone, the problems, but, yeah. but like, it's just really sweet to kind of see him kind of take on this emotional... There's emotional labour in that way when Hippolyta is nowhere to be seen in these scenes.
1: I mean, Hippolyta at this point has just been sort of,
0: like, the... Uh, I don't see why Hippolyta's there, to be honest. I, I don't of, either, but like that's, the, that's the case for a lot of like these Literally, female characters. Yeah. There's, like,
1: Victoria, one Nameless gal, two Nameless gals, who's counting? So they're all, like you said, basically walking wombs. Like, Hippolyta, who is there to just basically be, like, sad and and, and pious and, like... Uh, be like, she's really well,
0: only there as a uh, t- because she has someone has to be in Manfred's way of immediately just marrying yeah, Isabella. exactly, exactly. She's just there so that he can't do that and immediately. to show like
1: how decent she is as a mother because she's like obviously torn up about Conrad's death, but to show that like Manfred is a is a is a is a horrible man that doesn't give <laughs> a fuck like and all he cares about is having like a like a good healthy son,
0: yeah, <laughs> which Apollis just does it can't do exactly she just, can't, she just can't, do it. can't do it she just can't do it um and so yeah the the women in this are you yeah i feel like it's interesting how the kind of gender roles are sort of are sort of flipped in that way where her policy is kind of taking a very hands-off she is the absent father yeah. <laughs> um, kind of not really just resigned to you know her life and uh, sort of man for just running around. I mean, he, yeah, he is terrible. I just, I said something very, very funny about. Yeah, <laughs> about him try, trying to make <laughs> everyone have a good time after he's ruined their lives. I'm
1: trying to find the specific um, scene where he's the they're not having. They are not having the fucking banquet whatsoever there's so, he's so silent you are right Frederick when he comes in is like the knight made no reply but dismounting was conducted by Manfred to the great hall of the, the castle they do not want to speak to Manfred they want their castle Manfred is
0: just trying so
1: hard they want and their castle and he's like they just castle. say there's a
0: ban- banquet and they don't speak so he's like oh, come to a private oh, room you'll
1: feel more comfortable there. since mirth is not your mood let us be sad he says
0: <laughs> he's such a
1: child he says he says Like they do not want to speak I think they keep um, giving him his ring your friends and you shall enjoy the laws of hospitality rest here until refreshments are brought I will I will but give orders for the accommodation of your train he's such a good hostess (laughs) (laughs) he put several questions to them but was answered only by signs they do not want to speak to him they raise their visors just to eat and that was it they just—they're like these guys in just full suits of armor, like at full, dinner. like at dinner, like with they're like raising their visors just to sort of like put food in their face and then like immediately shuttering it.
0: <laughs> and Manfred's like, "You yeah, want some wine? Nice. <laughs> How are your travels? Listen, <laughs> we've all been
1: in a—and you know, for the later one, I suppose I can—I—I don't—I can, I, I, I don't, I can sympathise with a situation like you know, sometimes you've everyone's been in a slightly awkward situation where maybe the best. Uh, the best reaction to it is not get abysmally drunk but
0: um maybe maybe you do so anyway (laughs) that's the only way out and i feel like isn't he like
1: like, isn't he like messed up when he uh when he knifes isabella i think he's drunk isn't he that's where he's drunk he's like he's he's like he goes (laughs) frederick like frederick frederick's just seen the um which i will talk about later the the the, the hermit ghost and he's so like shocked by it he like runs out and and like Manfred's like, "Hey!" And he barges past him. He's like, "What is his problem?" I'm so mad right now! Arr! And then he finds out that, um, obviously, Isabella he, he thinks he thinks it's, he thinks it's Isabella. Isabella and a Theodore, but it's actually Matilda, obviously. Um, and then he goes in in a drunken rage and kills S- kills, kills his, his
0: daughter. daughter. Yeah, I was, there are a lot of themes with uh, with Manfred, Manfred uh, in terms of like very classical. Classical demise, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting because you know, kind of you know the theme in classics in classical kind of literature is that like you know people aren't born evil or people like aren't evil they just like make a bad decision or like they you know get a bit too big for their boots. It's oh, all pun because everything's massive in this book. Is a
1: Physical um, description of Manfred. I don't think there I don't think really there really is because I've not I'm I'm sat here and I'm like my. I bet your image of him actually no maybe our images are quite quite well, who, similar. if
0: you had to pick someone who who would you say he most looks like because to in play my Manfred. Mind, yeah, in my mind he's Rufus Sewell.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure who I would cast as Manfred. <laughs> I'm not sure who I would class as Manfred.
0: How do you how do you pick, like describe describe him? Describe him in your mind.
1: Um I think he's Little bit portly, sort of late middle aged. Mm. Um, I think he's got one of those like beards that sort of comes up like here. I don't know why. Oh, it's probably, what, like, like
0: the proper mutton chop. Yeah, <laughs> like, like <laughs> the western. The I don't know why chops. I said
1: here because you know this is audio based. <laughs> one of those, and I have no idea if this is um, period period uh, specific. specific. If this is true to the period, but I imagine him with those like one of those. Um, Beards that's got like the the mutton chops that basically turn into a mustache. One of them.
0: I think, yeah.
1: And he's bald on top, but he wears like a crown. <laughs> uh, when he takes his crown off, you can you can you can tell that he's bald. That
0: is a far cry from you, Rufus Sewell. But I see him yeah. kind of like a kind of just you know kind of slightly slightly dashing. Oh, you think he's Almost, almost. Well, like kind of like kind of like dill vibes. Like kind of like, dill vibes. Like, like just like a like older. But Isabella like, is still, clearly, but like still kind of hot, you know. In in a way, you know, still kind of has a, something going for him. <laughs> you know, you know, maybe he's going a little bit grey and like he's got a few crows feet. Okay, but, like, he's still, you know, sort of. A, a, a bit a of a warrior catch. leader kind of oh, image, okay. Okay, which is kind of then you know because there's a whole kind of theme in this which we probably will talk about more about later of like the right to rule, mm-hmm. and I think that Manfred in my mind kind of depicts someone who appears to have that right to rule because like they, visually they look like the type of person who would be in charge, but right. actually completely. Um, no, I, I think guess. that's
1: a, I think that's a valid point. I can see that. He will remain bald yeah. and...
0: I do really... ...portly in my, in my mind. But.
1: <laughs> Only because... I don't think I can change...
0: That's... That's <laughs> How that's I've fine. cast him. Um, yeah, no, I think... Yeah, because I think there are, like, you know, War Poems kind of draws a lot of allusions to like Hamlet specifically, but also, you know, in Hamlet that's a very... You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of close connections to kind of, like uh like who who are the kind of old greek heroes i don't know like there's there's sort of there's sort of that that vibe that kind of that kind of heritage that's being drawn on with manfred in a lot of ways Mm. and so i think i do think it is interesting that you say that like you think that that he has no redeemable qualities um because obviously a big part of that is the fact that you know in 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 those like in that classical tradition there is no sort kind of good or evil i, I think
1: i think the book bears that judgment on him mm-hmm. as well though and being like he well he, it's not that He's he like, can he be the only way he, yeah the only way that he can be redeemed is by living like a pious life like in um
0: yeah in seclusion he falls a long way in in the space of which is quite interesting days. when you think about like
1: when you think about sort of like religion and men in this book a lot of these men have fought in holy wars uh Whereas has like, has
0: has has Manfred. Manfred fought in hasn't holy fought in a Holy War. That's interesting because f- like obviously Frederick, who is supposed to also be kind of a, noble in a Holy character, War character, f- fought in a Holy he War. He got rid Do you know
1: why he fought in the Holy War? Because what? his uh, wife uh died giving oh, birth to Yeah. Birth. He was so upset that he decided to go
0: And not tell anyone who's still alive. Exactly. (laughs) Fighting
1: a holy war. I've done that as well, too. You know, I've had a fight with my boyfriend and and gone and fought in a holy war. (laughs) Crusaded. Who who hasn't? (laughs) Who
0: hasn't, (laughs) listeners? Who hasn't done a brief stay in Jerusalem just to not deal with their emotional issues? (laughs) But <laughs> so Alfonso also fought in a holy war and he's meant to be a kind of noble character. I suppose these
1: do, do have uh, roots as well in sort of like classical tropes, like that Achillean sort of, you know, like mm. Homeric violence, which you can definitely sort of to...
0: Yeah, that kind of to... thumos. Yes. Op-end. And in Manfred's case, Eros. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Um, so that's that's our opinion on on Manfred. Let's talk about his his the his antithesis, Theodore. Theo. Is that, that's not a way of saying anything. His antithesis, Theodore. <laughs> his polar his, opposite. Yes. his, well, his antithesis? No, that's the yin to his yang. Exactly. <laughs> the chalk to his cheese. <laughs> Theo. What do we think uh, of Theodore? Um.
1: I think that Theo is.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I don't have, like, I
1: don't think he's as polarizing nor as really interesting as like Manfred is. He is just sort of like, he was more, you know what? He was more interesting to me when he was rude peasant boy.
0: I liked, as I liked rude him as, boy. Ru- as, well, as Not even rude, rude, as
1: like in, peasant in boy in who's, impe- who's impe- Manfred. Yeah, peasant <laughs> impetuous as a, as, as a slightly thoughtless peasant boy that um, Manfred decided to like direct his rage on. Um, I liked him better then. I liked him better yeah. when he was under the helmet.
0: I, liked him I like to. I to better on the
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think when he started becoming like um, basically a walking, talking plot device, he was he was less fun.
0: Yes, because I think in contrast to Manfred's kind of kind of classical roots, he kind of has a very obviously Christian. Mm-hmm. Like he is just good. He is he's just, just meant good. to be a good person, and he does all the right things, and he's in all the right places at the right time. Mm-hmm. And you know, he just you know. What can you say about him? <laughs> but he's
1: hot. He's, he's hot.
0: <laughs> Do they ever say he's hot? They say he looks like Alfonso. Yeah, and I they? think
1: I think no, no, no. I think there is like an actual description. Again, sorry, gang. I can't. I haven't got it to hand. But there is an actual description of a we'll be more prepared for our later episodes so
0: you know, just um, But uh, no, when I, we I... finally get around to doing Twilight I have so many notes <laughs>
1: yeah, you had it here first. I have
0: notes I have page numbers I have quotes
1: <laughs> whipping them out no Th- Theodore I think he is supposed to be uh, supposed to be quite handsome I think like Alfonso um well that well, he's gotta be. I mean it's not his like it's not Yeah, his, it's, it's not like, his stunning personality as well. Yeah, that's he never Matilda. says like
0: no one ever says Alfonso's really handsome, but he must like he must he's like it would be really funny if he's just like portrayed with like
1: his ugly as sin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, like, <laughs> like he just he just has to be good looking, doesn't he? He has
1: yeah, he is definitely good looking. And
0: it's it's just a bit kind of eh, eh. But yeah. his father on the other hand, who I didn't I didn't put in in our in our uh, note, yeah. note section, but we should, we should talk about Friar Jerome because if, if Theodore is the the kind of this Christian hero, what does that say about Friar Jerome who is a friar who has this whole backs this very sordid backstory? We kind yeah. of you know even if even if you believe that Theodore was born within wedlock, which is it's never disclosed. Mm-hmm. You know, the, Father Jerome lost his son for yeah. for a, like a good like. A, almost 18 years yeah like, I, don't, I don't know how old it was meant to be but like he just still just like lose him yeah and kind of just goes to, you know just joins the church and sort of doesn't really <laughs> he has a mental well no, not like a mental he's so
1: like overcome by another point would you remember he's like oh my god manfred this is my son like this is my son i can't believe i found him you wouldn't kill my son would you manfred's like i might kill your son
0: <laughs> i might Still kill yourself. In fact, I will <laughs> uh, <laughs> I unless wish, unless you bring me something to fuck. <laughs> pretty, pretty
1: pretty irredeemable. But anyway, um, Friar Jerome. I think he. Well, he's also like you know he is the sort of as a lot of religious figures tend to operate within uh gothic literature or not no, that's a that's a pretty that's doing, a pretty big generalization yeah, we, are, we are doing the monk we next are doing next the next monk yeah, so <laughs> so we those beliefs pretty fresh in my <laughs> mind uh, but right uh, you know um as a friar jerome he does also exist as a as a sort of religious force to hippolyta being like you cannot divorce manfred one for the um religious reasonings and two um because he doesn't want these young maidens to go to these horrible old men.
0: Yeah, he does seem to be made into the sort of moral arbiter, yeah. which is weird when we remember that he'd lost his son. Exactly. <laughs> like he, he might have had an illegitimate child with a woman who he then—I don't know—because she, because Th- Theodore's backstory mm. is a bit is a bit hazy. It so, is. So 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 essentially, like he says, I was raised by my mother. Until I was five. So she obviously has no help from, from Fr- Jerome. Friar Jerome, Earl mm-hmm. Jerome, whatever you want to call him. Um, and that's never explained why, why he never no. bothers to engage. He's, he's just he's lost him at this point, um, and we don't know why. So <laughs> it does imply to an extent that Theodore is illegitimate. Um, the mum then dies when he's five. Theodore is taken by pirates, which yep. is something that we just
1: don't spend enough time on. <laughs> um, Horace wrote and- that one without... Thought pretty quickly,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it really did, and I really want kind of uh, Will Turner backstory. Oh my Theodore. god, Theodore is
1: like Will Turner. <laughs> wow, Will Turner. you're so right. He's just
0: too perfect. Yeah. he's too perfect, and it was raised by pirates. <laughs> 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 and um, and then and then he just decides to come to Otranto and only arrives six day be- days. Yeah, why before is he there? Away. He does say he went on a he he goes looking. I think he goes looking for his father Mm -hmm. and comes to Otranto, but... It's kind of like, okay, so, which is also why I want to hear about his backstory, mm. his, his pirate life. Because yeah. He spends a good long while not looking for his father. Yeah. Pirating? Mm. Um, I presume. Theodore, did you do crimes? Yeah, he must have done crimes. Or <laughs> did crimes. It's all very kind of money, and I don't think Horace maybe thought about this when he was writing the, <laughs> the implications of, of Friar Jerome and his son's <laughs> life. Yeah. Um,. So yeah, Father, Father, Jerome is this is this moral arbiter, and it feels it felt weird to me reading that, thinking all of these things like he must have abandoned his son and mm-hmm. his his pregnant girlfriend, wife, whoever, mm-hmm. and and is now kind of you know maybe that's why he's so against divorce, maybe
1: <laughs> maybe <laughs>
0: like he's trying to atone for some past some past regret. But I think Father Jerome is a more interesting character than his. Son. and his son, I agree. his boring son, yeah, his boring perfect, son. boring
1: perfect Will Turner son. <laughs> that's what he's gonna look like in my mind now. What, Will Turner, yeah, <laughs> Bloom.
0: I think, I think, I think that's a, I think that's a very good, yeah, that'll work. I think that works very well in my mind as well. So yeah, that's that's Theodore and, and his father.
1: Now the we've women got the women, the
0: women. Uh, <laughs> mm. It's just uh, <laughs> yeah it's interesting because i think that the women are actually probably the most realistically written i agree um i think it, even if it is incredibly problematic the way that they're treated i think that because obviously horace walpole's you know as he says in his second preface that his intention is to write you know believable characters to react Realistically, which, as we've seen in the case in Manfred, is not the case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the women have these moments of real, like you can really relate to them. Like there's, there's a quote that I've highlighted. Oh no, I've lost it now. Wait a minute, I've highlighted it, so I will be able to. She's the
1: bloom. F- more prepared than I
0: i'm i'm not <laughs> i highlighted Never one mind. quote and then you showed up and i was like okay that's enough Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's it's in blue Hang on. it's up. oh yeah there we go <clears throat> okay so this this comes um yeah so this comes just as as they arrive back at the castle have friedrich with wounded friedrich mm. friedrich Frederick. Um, I'm
1: getting you to do, do
0: it now. Too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and it's it's talking about the women. So Matilda, Politer, uh, and oh, oh, oh and the- Theodore's there as well. So he said Matilda blushed at seeing Theodore and Isabella together, but endeavoured to conceal it by embracing the latter and condoling her and condoling with her on her father's mischance, which is like a very realistic thing mm. to have. Like instead of like she's like. <gasps> Oh my god, she's with my crush! Oh, what am I gonna do? And then just goes up to Isabella and is just super, super nice to her. Yeah.
1: And like it's very, very re- realistic as well. They are written with I would hesitate I don't wanna say more thought but more realistically. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Whether it be intentional yeah, or exactly.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: And there's also that part where they have that weird awkward conversation. They're just kind of like skirting around the subject of who fancies who, yeah. And then Isabella kind of says, well, I obviously don't like him because he killed my father, but also you can't like him either. Exactly. Yeah, you know, they have these very realistic kind of moments and then they're just... Kind of just killed um, or moved around. They are. They do have like what like we were speaking about
1: earlier. That like when she's like, oh my god, I am really. She just presumes that uh, Manfred's advance on her on 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 Isabella is like him testing whether um, she really did love his son, and she's horrified when she slowly begins to realize that he intends to like assault her and uh, impregnate her essentially, <laughs> and she's uh, pretty pretty shocked about that.
0: Yeah, and they're kind of just sort of moved around basically for the men's character development, just so the men can do either heroic. or oh, Yeah, well,
1: they're like Bianca... Um, oh, fucking Bianca. God bless Bianca, <laughs> Bianca uh, letting uh, Frederick know that she's uh, just seen a massive hand. And uh, Frederick's like, oh my God, you brought a massive hand into my castle? <laughs> <laughs> that's the... That's... <laughs> We are not the, this double wedding is not going through. Now I know you have a massive hand in your castle. And Manfred's like, oh my god, Bianca, You idiot. Like, she's like, but the thing is, like, I like love how Bianca is just able like fuck up as much as possible. She's like, there's like a few instances where like I think Matilda's pretty rude to her, but like all Theodore had to do was like say like like say some like vaguely wrong comments a few times, and he nearly loses his head like several times throughout the novel. Novel. I don't know why I said novel twice.
0: The novel novel. The novel.
1: <laughs> but Bianca can just like chat shit and uh, that's fine. What the hell happens to Bianca after Matilda dies?
0: I think, I don't think it's ever mentioned. It's like the same way that we the last we see of Friedrich is he locks himself in his room having seen the hermit ghost and then we just never... Oh yeah, we never hear about him again. Um, yeah, <laughs> again, a, a lot of a lot of plot points just not, not picked up. No. Um... And this might be a good point to move on to talking about the ghosts and Ooh. what is the fucking point. What's
1: your favourite My favourite ghost. ghost?
0: Um you know, I really I can't I can't stress enough how much I love the massive foot.
1: I do love the massive I- <laughs> foot I also love the random you know, like when the, the, the painting falls down and then the mm. ghost steps out of the <laughs> painting and walks down the hallway and like this is the oh, first Oh, Yeah, ghost- and then for
0: just follows yeah and then
1: and then it walks through a a door i think and then like he can't get in the door yeah and then it's never mentioned again
0: yeah the massive foot never comes back and it's kind of just like but like what are all the different
1: the significance of all these different ghosts like sure we've got excuse me the um massive foot the massive hand and it's relevant in terms of the prophecy which we did have written down i think we have written it down is that we're gonna should we save the prophecy to sort of touch on later or should should we just tell it now
0: Let's save it. Let's let's we'll save, save it. Prophecy. Well, maybe if well, maybe it'll come up again. Who knows? Who knows? We will we will talk about it. We'll definitely talk about it. But I think, yeah, it, it's kind of they're not really they don't do anything really. Mm-hmm. One of them gives a prophecy. One of them is a bit is a bit kind of spooky. Mm-hmm. And then, but then mainly it's just it's just massive body parts yep. and sort of like it's, it, have you ever seen Crimson Peak? I have not. Okay, it's it's this. It, have you do you know what it is? It's it's I this, do not. It's this film that came out maybe like. Mm, I don't know I want to say like maybe 2014 or 10 years ago it's roughly that Mm -hmm. roughly that time frame Um, it's by Guillermo del Toro Um, so it's very like aesthetically gothic and it's about a Girl who lives in New York, and it's I think it's set in like the eighteen eighties or eighteen nineties. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be a writer, and she meets this very dashing kind of stranger right. who is from uh, this uh, uh, house. I can't remember what the house is called. Um, who owns this estate, and you know he has this creepy sister, and uh, they fall in love. And she goes back to him to this creepy old house, and this is this is Crimson Peak because it's it's a mining thing or yeah. something like that. the soil is red because they're mining for something and it's not going well and so there's a lot of there's a lot of financial anxiety okay um but the house is obviously haunted uh-huh. um but there's no real reason for the ghosts they kind of just they they appear and they're they're scary and it's kind of like scary moments of cinema um to watch and then you know you get to kind of the mystery which is essentially the the oh, I can't remember, there's incest, which we will also talk about in relevance to this, mm-hmm. this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, you know, he's sleeping with his creepy sister, but he really is in love with her and he wants to marry her. And they're trying, maybe they're trying to sacrifice her or something. I don't know. Right. But anyway, like there's all of these ghosts that go on and like the story itself, you know, with this conspiracy of like, she's been brought here for this kind of, you know, purpose, which is essentially to, to, sp- be sacrificed or something that will help their mining endeavors and you know the sister and the brother are sleeping together and it's all alone in this like creepy old house in the middle of nowhere and it's really difficult to get to and like that is scary enough without the addition of all these random ghosts which appear and then just never like they're never explained we don't know why they're there Mm -hmm. um and they just seem to really be there as kind of like a kind of sort of harbinger of doom right um which I guess you could say that, that is the function of the ghost in the castle of Untranto, but they're just not scary. Like, a massive foot and a massive hand no. isn't scary. No. Like, so it, it's kind of, you know, I don't know why. It's difficult to to know why they're there and the way that people re- interact with the ghosts as well is is also kind of strange. People obviously find the foot scary, you know, they're saying that all the servants will leave because they've seen this massive foot. Um... But you know, Manfred just like sees this ghost and then follows it, and is kind of like, well, that was that, and yep. then it's never brought up again. Nope. <laughs> right? Never mentioned and again. And it's kind of just
1: normal-sized th- human ghost, which is probably scarier than a Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: I think a Bigfoot, Bigfoot would be quite fun. I think a Bigfoot would be good. <laughs> Pretty good time. I would
1: investigate it. That's
0: a good time ghost. That's a Good
1: time ghost. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't think that's scary. And so, yeah, you kind of wonder what what is what is really why 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 because you know Manfred being this incredible tyrant who is trying to you know divorce his wife mm-hmm. and marry this young girl and kind of breed with her and you know yeah rent this prophecy is kind of horrific enough mm-hmm
1: it's <laughs> some spooky goes but there's like a sex there's a part where blood drips off um the statue of oh, yeah. Alfonso's nose. That's when um very that's
0: spooky. when um, that's when they go to kill Theodore, isn't mm-hmm. it? Or, and they're they're in they're by the statue and it starts mm-hmm. like crying blood. Yeah. It's
1: like- <laughs> very, very <laughs> that spooky. That would be scary. That, would be, that scary. would be scary. That would scare me.
0: But the way they kind of deal with it is Father Drome is just sort of like, look, this is a side, and then Manfred's like Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's kind of... No one's sat there, like, the statue is Manfred crying Manfred is never blood. as,
1: like... Like, I suppose when Horace was, like... Some of my characters react, like, realistically. Hello, like we said... we just made a point of saying that the uh, hand and the foot isn't scary. But I probably would be slightly... Sh- I would not just have a sort of impassive reaction to it, like Manfred kind of does. But also, Manfred... Is mostly just interested in like you know sorting his family out, sorting all these affairs out, keeping a tranto. But his servants are just absolutely beside themselves. Several times they're like, "I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I can't stand the sight of these massive limbs, <laughs> these massive appendages. Yeah, these I can't do this. Like, what's next? What's next?"
0: Which I think is fair. I think it's fair as I well. F- I don't think that's that's unreasonable. Mm-hmm. I think that Manfred kind of ignoring the ghost is kind of almost as weird as people being scared of a giant foot. Yep. <laughs> i agree <laughs> um yeah and why is everything massive that's 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 the second why point is everything massive to bring up because again that's not it's not scary because it's it's not just like a helmet fell and killed him or like you know they saw a, a ghostly shoe or something it's like these things are massive
1: yeah <laughs> like... obviously it's linked to the old um
0: the, the old old, prophecy the old which prophecy. we probably should, should we'll talk just, about that we'll now we'll
1: just do the prophecy
0: are you gonna do the prophecy? I'll do the prophecy okay. it,
1: that the castle and lordship of Otranto should pass from the present family whenever the real owner should be grown too large to inhabit it
0: I like that mm-hmm. prophecy I think it's I think... I think it's
1: nonsensical, but straight to the point, and that's amazing.
0: But I think it is. I think it is. It creates this this perfect like like this perfect climate for comedy because obviously it's yeah. meant to kind of question like, oh, you think Manfred is the rightful heir, and he's obviously kind of got this massive ego that kind yeah, of drives him to do all this stuff. So in that way, he has kind of grown too large to inhabit it. Mm-hmm. But then obviously the real heir is obviously meant to be Alfonso, mm-hmm. and he his ghost is is really massive. Yeah, and so the ghost of Alphonse has grow, grown too large to inhabit it and so it, it, the line is obviously has to pass but it's just like taking literally the idea of something growing too large by yeah. literally just making these into sort of like Big. it's kind of the equivalent of clown shoes like it's yeah, just, it just comically sized things <laughs>
1: it is <laughs> the,
0: uh, <laughs> I've not thought about it like that <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, it's, but, but also the real owner I, he's grown too large to sort of inhabit it but his bloodline does return to Otranto with Theodore. So, oh, so,
0: so... Theodore is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what does it mean? What does it mean? So what does it mean? <laughs> Maybe... Uh, yeah, because he obviously would also be cast as as the real owner. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's all... Uh, Horace... <laughs> Horace, why? <laughs> I, mean, I have no idea what... But you... everything is massive and it's it's it's... Comical. And so, you know And things thinking... that shouldn't be massive are like the helmet. Yeah. Like I think we've said previous that everyone
1: keeps mentioning that the helmet is massive. How did the helmet get this big? How did the helmet? Big?
0: How did the helmet end up on top of conrad yeah. how did the massive shoe like where are these things coming but from? moving
1: swiftly on and that's how the... <laughs> like, well, don't think about yeah. it too
0: much it's just there i really like everyone
1: idea. poses the question yeah so like the questions always po- you well not always questions usually posed
0: wow this helmet's so big how did it get here and then never answered and they never try and, even and then they find never out. It spare another thought for and it. there's no what i guess is interesting about it is there's no law there's no like kind of ghost law behind it to explain why you know there's never that moment um where they're kind of going through this is how ghosts work yeah. in this universe this is why they're appearing in this way mm-hmm. you know th- this is what they want or anything like that you know i am currently w- rewatching the entire series series of the Vampire Diaries, mm-hmm. and let me tell you, there is a whole lot of lore in that. That
1: yeah, that will be a fun. Episode. So much.
0: We will do the Vampire Diaries series when I don't. I don't. Can we read? How many books are there? There's too we many. We can't to read. do
1: the books. We have to do the series.
0: Maybe we'll just do one book. No, mm-hmm. well, we'll do the series first. <laughs> also, just to let you know <laughs> that um,
1: this book is l- less than a hundred pages long. Um, by about. <sighs> 15, 10 pages in. You've completely forgotten that Conrad got flattened by a giant <laughs> harlot. You've completely forgotten that this has happened.
0: Poor Conrad! Completely forgotten. And, and it seems all the characters have as well. We almost left him off our family tree. We did. He's just so irrelevant. He's very irrelevant. It's just a story, which is just so just the He doesn't thing. even get to ever speak
1: for himself, though. A lot of characters he never do. Knows. But it's just like, wow, he was weak and shit, wasn't he? Imagine marrying him,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and Isabel's like, "Oh my god!" It's just yeah. I would yeah. Maybe there should have been a Conrad ghost. Maybe that would have been that would have been good. That would have been way better. I mean, that's (laughs) Horace. Massive foot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, yeah, we just don't hear from him again. And there's just yeah, there's just so many of these. In terms of like the aesthetics of Gothic, it's obviously. I mean. Well, I guess I guess one thing that I always think is, like, I don't associate gothic aesthetic with medieval
1: no. things. Or at least I didn't yeah. until
0: I kind of, like, read this book. I think
1: I, I definitely did. I had the old, you know, castles and sort of high, hybridity and so. I think, for me, I don't really... And I know yeah, it's a big part of it with sort of, like, the swooning maiden or the blushing maiden... Um, and I do associate the gothic with sort of bad things happening to women, mm. which uh, bad things definitely do happen to women in the Castle of Otranto. Yeah. Um, but I I think like suits of armor. And there was, because no one gets, seems to want to get out of their suit of armour. <laughs> he just loves uh, a yeah. suit of
0: armour. <laughs> I did. Jamie did tell me the other day that it was becoming uh, uh, a problematic for his mental health that he hadn't yet worn a suit of armour. because I'm reading things like this and I'm like, damn, these people are having so much fun
1: in their suits of
0: armour. God. Like,
1: I was reading about Frederick, Frederick being morose at dinner in a suit of armour. And I think if I was, I was at a banquet, and I was wearing a suit of armour, I would act the hell, however the hell I wanted. Like, yeah,
0: it's very dramatic. You don't
1: need a personality if you've got a suit of armour <laughs> on. And Theodore and Frederick prove
0: that. Is that why all men in history were assholes? Because yeah. like, I've got my suit of armour, I don't care. But yeah, I think in terms of, like, it's very aesthetically dramatic. Is, and it I guess is, that's what, definitely. That's what's interesting, because I think, you know, before I kind of read, kind of you know kind of the original gothic books mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know because the ones i was kind of familiar with were sort of like dracula and then kind of like um you know the the bronte sisters mm-hmm. and you know they're kind of more modern gothic books you know and sort of the the concept of like you know victorian like victoriana kind of aesthetic as yeah. being inherently gothic yeah and so i was interested i mean obviously you know this was well before the Victorian times, but I was interested that it was it was it was n- medieval, and that that is like such a. But it is it's a very dramatic look, and I think it does lend itself to to kind of. I think Wuthering Heights. That sort of othering Heights. of of the narrative and of the characters, you can kind of separate yourself from them because of the, the supposed distance in time. Yeah, Wuthering Heights. What were you saying? I just
1: think Wuthering Heights should have had more. Massiveness and super armor. I think any Victorian um, Gothic novel could have been improved by uh, like spooky happenings that border on comedy, if not are comedic. And, um, I mean, we will do
0: Dracula soon, and there are a lot. Of, you haven't read Dracula, have you?
1: I have not. No, I've watched are, for R2 many times, but never are, read Dracula. There is,
0: there are, there are a lot of ridiculous happening. There is one point where Dracula crawls down the side of a castle like a lizard. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: it's,
0: it's so good. <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess, I guess that would kind of, in terms of the theory, in terms of a uh, literary theory, that does put it squarely within kind of Anne Radcliffe's definition of. Uh, male horror as opposed to, like, female mm. terror um, because it is kind of slightly... Not grotesque. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it is slightly grotesque, but, like, garish. Garish, <laughs> Like, definitely. kind of garish and kind of... Yeah. It definitely has that kind of aestheticism to it.
1: I described it in a similar way, but uh, without without such high bribe language, as a Scooby-Doo-ish... Because uh, like we've mentioned, there is a lot of chasing around the castle, random spooky ghosts, you know, just for the sort of sake of sake of having a a, ooh, a fright and for Manfred to go, what the hell is going on? Wait, Isabella.
0: <laughs>
1: what, the hell? What, are you, what are you talking about? There's a giant foot. I need to find Isabella. Everyone stop telling me all these like creepy things that are happening and let me let me find Isabella.
0: Yeah and we will talk more about And there's like
1: so much drama like you know the, the, so things much... go from things go from um 100 to one uh... The drama
0: of the characters and also the mm. drama of like the narrative which isn't purely driven by the characters Yeah. there are natural adventures we will talk more about that in a minute because yeah. it's something I'm really interested in but before we do I have put under our aesthetic band incest Incest. as a gothic convention which does happen it's 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 just a part of it because it's well it's just it's this
1: this one is all charlie's point as well
0: (laughs) well no because i think i think it's interesting because i was kind of you know thinking about it Mm. and you know when i was reading anything any of the literature that we were reading about it or like discussing it like people were constantly referring to like the incest Mm -hmm. the incest everyone is talking about the incest and I am like kind of what incest? <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, where is the
1: incest?
0: M- where is the incest? and we were kind of like, t- looking at the family tree there's obviously a lot of very convoluted interminglings right but also the way that you know I- Isabella specifically is kind of me- meant to be marrying Conrad mm. and so in that way you know obviously they didn't get married but they kind of have this sort of understanding that that is that is their relationship yeah and has been also Isabella has been living in this in this in this uh, family unit for a while and
1: she and Matilda are like sisters yeah Yeah. they say
0: over and over again that they're like sisters and oh we're like family and blah 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 blah. and then Manfred you know as I'm about to do so heinous yeah as the father figure in, in that dynamic whether it's by blood or not you know she's her father's Presumed dead at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. They think he died in the Holy Lands, and so she's kind of—he's kind of all she has. Yeah, and um, just <laughs> wants to wants to have sex with her, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's also, violently wed, violently her. wed her. Um, yeah, and it's it's sort of it's like is it's this it is it is a convention in in gothic literature yeah i think it's interesting here because it's so it's not immediately noticed like it's not yeah. immediately kind of understood like how problematic it is
1: mm-hmm. um manfred is like i'm literally trying to assault her like this is already pretty problematic and then it's like huh and he is kind of like your daughter figure as well
0: yeah so like how far how far do you think that you know when manfred says i only want to marry you because uh I needed air. How how true do you think that is, or do you think that that is, to some extent, him just being like, I just want to. I sex just with like, this young beautiful lady.
1: I think it is solely to do because it, thinking about it, if it were if he were motivated by that, surely he would have sort of like c- come on to her earlier when whilst Conrad was alive. Because the the thing that kicks this off is the fact that Conrad is dead, and he's like mm. fuck. Shit! Oh, I need an air. I need an air so badly. I need an air. He has like you know he 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 has like a a, a mental breakdown about the fact that he needs an air like now. Now does it have to be with Isabella? I think she's the most readily available uh, and girl that he can. Access and it makes sense Maybe. for him. to... but when she
0: when she runs away, I mean, she causes a lot of problems for him by by running away by continually kind of making it a problem. Like, he, could he have just gotten some poor peasant, yeah, but... nameless woman from the village?
1: And... He could probably, but like, if she doesn't have a name. Like, you know, she wouldn't she wouldn't be part of any sort of.
0: No. I think.
1: He could probably have done that, but I don't think it would make much sense. It seems for him like to there's an extent
0: to which it kind of feels like it has to be Isabella. I think it does
1: have to be Isabella. See,
0: yeah, w- but I, yeah, I, but yeah, no, I think it does for Manfred, but I don't see why for anyone else it has to be. Yeah, it was you. I mean, like you know if she ran away and he couldn't you know she runs away like a lot and yeah and it's kind of like couldn't you have just you know written to one of your rich count friends and yeah then, like, you got a daughter i'm buying yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i suppose at that point no i think you are
1: right incest
0: incest yeah and it kind of seems like it's not just incest for 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 um for
1: Incest sake.
0: Need. Well, no, oh. no, no. for for the need of like an heir. It seems like it has to be Isabella because he he does find specifically her, her to be attractive. attractive. Yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: She does. She he, he does. He does. He does say a shitload. Like my son sucked, uh, but me, uh, I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm he pretty says great.
0: like, oh, he wasn't worthy of your. Yeah. Your yeah. No. 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 He does. Of... Doesn't he? He does. <laughs> yeah. Incest. Fucking freaky. <laughs> Um yeah so with that all with all that in mind with all that gothic asceticism in mind is it is it scary mm, mm,
1: <laughs> no, no I wouldn't say I was particularly <laughs> particularly scared but I was entertained again it was uh as our one of the one of the, the reviewers from the beginning said soapboxy. like it definitely is like, a bit of a drama with some, like, with, you know... I I, I I almost said gothic stylings, but obviously because it's foundational to the genre, you mm. know, like, um, it kind of generated makes, those, yeah, those stylings. stylings. <laughs> um, so, do I find it scary? No. I think the idea of being chased round um, a castle by if you with the incestuous element especially being chased around a castle with a man by a man who you believe to be your father who now wants to wed you and and have sex with you until you produce a male heir <laughs> it's terrifying all the ghosts are kind of like i don't know like hocus pocus hall like haunted house kind of like Whoa! they like <laughs> pop out at you and um give you a sort of a uh, a spooky scare but I don't think it's scary. Do you think no, it's scary?
0: I don't know. I think the the concept behind behind the narrative is is frightening. You know, just with the you know the concept of like a kind of tyrannical despot oh, <laughs> uh, who who it will yeah chase you down and try to force you into marriage with him so that he can produce an heir so that he can stop this this prophecy from happening is is is. It's frightening. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a frightening read. No,
1: I agree. It's not a frightening read. No.
0: Um, but the hermit is.
1: We've got a little. He's
0: he's probably the scariest ghost when he kind of, and also the most kind. Also the most kind of. Scooby Doo like he is very Scooby.
1: We've got a point here that says Jamie's hermit bit because I love the hermit. I want you to tell me what
0: you think about the hermit.
1: So the hermit (laughs) bit. So the hermit bit. Obviously the hermit. Um the 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 i think the the biggest scare you know if this were a movie which i'm sure it is but if this were like a you know remade as a soulless copy in a uh, 2022 <laughs> um this would be the uh the the trailer scare this would be the the scare with the most money in it but it follows um after actually it follows the one of the one of the big limb scares uh where bianca says to um Manfred oh my god like uh that we've just seen the hand and then Frederick overhears um and then Manfred's like stop 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 like Frederick's gonna hear he is here and he can hear <laughs> and then Frederick is like oh like um you keep your daughter and think no more of Isabella because he thinks that heaven itself has declared uh has has, has declared Manfred no longer fit for the Principality of Otranto but he doesn't think that for very long. Basically, in the next like couple of sentences, he's like, "Well, ah, I don't really think that because um, Matilda's kind <laughs> <fine. laughs> of so have Matilda. yeah, Matilda's kind of great. So maybe I'll let him think that um, until we've had our banquet. Another banquet uh, follows where he's like he he decides to retire to bed. He tells everyone he's going to go to bed because he's you know lost a lot of blood at this point. There's the, the passage of time is kind of kind of m- wishy-washy like who knows how long it's been since he was literally nearly butchered um, <laughs> but now you know he's drinking he's a frederick um he's suddenly miraculously yeah. better
0: and it's like the next day on, pre- on pretense of his late loss of
1: blood he uh he he decides to go to bed um but he's like i'm gonna go to um Hippolyta's apartment and ask her whether she really intends to divorce manfred because if she does that's great, and that means that I'm not getting played. and uh, I really get to marry Matilda. So he goes up there um, and he pushes open the door and there's a figure stood at the the mirror and he's like,, um, he thinks it's a religious figure. so he's like, Reverend Father, I, I saw I sought Hippolyta. and then the figure's like Hippolyta. Camest thou to this castle to seek Hippolyta? And then the figure, turning slowly round, discovered to Frederick the fleshless jaws and empty sockets of a skeleton wrapped in a hermit's cowl. (laughs) And obviously, you know, Frederick, Frederick freaks out. But it's—I think it's the best—the best scare there. A skeleton,
0: (laughs) a spooky Uh, skeleton. skeleton. Yeah, it's a skeleton, but he knows it's the hermit. He knows it's the hermit. Massive sword.
1: Exactly. Completely, (laughs) you know, fleshless. Um, but he's wearing the hermit's cowl. And the um skeleton and uh, says to him, um, But say, blessed spirit, what is thy errand to me? What remains to be done? And the skeleton's like, To forget Matilda and he finishes. <laughs> so you know, the the the, the hermit said to get him right. Get him right in the head. He's like, Keep What are you your doing? Dick in your pounce. You need to fucking stay here. And get this castle,
0: and not have sex, and with not Matilda.
1: shag Matilda. I
0: think it's interesting now that now that actually you've brought that up because I'm trying to think. Like, it feels like a ghost appears. Almost, perhaps, with the exception of the of the of the bleeding eye statue bit, when <laughs> some man is trying to have sex yeah. with a woman who shouldn't be having sex. With. It's true.
1: Oh my god, it's true. This scene is seven pages from the end of the book, by the way. I've just worked it out. Seven pages. Seven from the end pages of the
0: book. from which version is this? This is Oxford, Oxford World's World classics. classics. If you would like to indulge, we oh, yeah. have completely put you off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe maybe that's the point of the ghost. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's all to do with sex. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that as a concept. I love that as well. Maybe I'll write an essay on that. I <laughs> am obsessed. I am obsessed with the concept. The ghosts are only there. As blocking. Cock blocking. Yeah. Cock blocking ghosts. Cock <laughs> blocking the men from <laughs> stopping if them. If you from see that on
1: Store, you know who it's by.
0: Yeah, and the difference between, I guess, Manfred and Friedrich is that Friedrich listens to the ghosts. Uh-huh. He he goes and knocks himself in his room and we never hear from him again. Yeah. And obviously, Matilda does. Oh, died, so no, he's we, we. Unable do. to.
1: We hear from him again right at the end um, in which uh, he offers Isabella to Theodore. But Theodore's like, no, I'm too upset right now to marry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Give me a day. My heart will heal. Like your death wound. (laughs) Oh, no, they both are so
1: upset that they basically enter like a marriage of, well, they're both so upset. They enter a marriage of um, misery. Uh, but not miserable with each other they're just miserable in general because Matilda was everything to them and Theodore you know and then they own Otranto in miser- misery everyone's yeah. upset
0: it's kind nobody of wins. Weird...
1: <laughs> <laughs> nobody wins it's a
0: very nobody wins and yet they kind of I don't know well, I mean I guess Isabella did have the it.
1: yeah but Isabella didn't want her best friend to
0: die Isabella's oh, like yeah, so Isabella's you... kind of okay kind of... I, I did forget that she may have felt that because <laughs> 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 she, she never like... speaks of it we never hear her reaction no Theodore's
1: grief was too fresh to admit the thought of another, and then they have discourses with Isab- uh, of his dear Matilda that he was persuaded he could know no happiness but in the society of one with whom he could forever indulge the melancholy that had taken possession of that, his soul. That is, and that, that is the end of the that novel. That's dark. what it ends on.
0: That's really dark for what mm-hmm. is what is comparatively. They're like quite trauma a funny bonded. <laughs> yeah, they're like
1: trauma bonded by the end of it. Yeah, and but, they just um, decide
0: to wallow in that for a time. It's like it's like almost like you know. The the saddest clown honking in the, the, the romantic world. romantic poets kind of just been like, oh, yeah. I'll never get over this. <laughs> like, and yeah, so it's it's a sort of a sad ending for something that's that's so quite funny, funny and yeah. quite quite silly and ridiculous. Um, there are a lot of funny aspects to this, but we've obviously Goofy talked about lots of things. The mistaken identities, though, it's interesting because obviously, you know, as we've mentioned, Horace does does compare it in his second preface mm-hmm. to his, his attempt at, at writing Hamlet, which mm-hmm. is obviously a tragedy, um, and kind of, you know, following in the footsteps of Shakespeare. Um, and there are a lot of Shakespearean qualities. None of them are really that horrific, though. The, the mistaken identities and kind of confused identities and the interchangeability of certain people has a, has an element of comedy to it. Like, yeah. like um, in, in terms of like, aesthetics, like how... When uh, Manfred comes into to Frederick's stab bed yeah. and and sees <laughs> sees uh, uh, what's his name Theodore all in 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 Alfonso's old old uniform and kind of thinks that it is the ghost of Alfonso and you know it's kind yeah. of, and everyone's like no it's Theodore but also that's a, comes at a very convenient point because he's seen Theodore's face before yeah and so it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like like you should okay. Fine. Theodore. You know
1: what? Maybe we've been kind of too mean to Theodore because th- I'm flicking through the book right now and Theodore's been through a lot.
0: Theodore does go through a lot. But he
1: has he... been through a lot. Yeah, and he's He gets accused of being a magician. <laughs>
0: and like, <laughs> he nearly love... gets... <laughs> I would love to be accused of being yeah. a magician. <laughs> he gets
1: accused of being a magician, um, having stole the helmet from Alfonso's tomb and then like, Accus- s- hit s- Conrad, s- Conrad with magician. it. For what reason? Nobody ever tries to establish a motive why... Theodore would want to, to do that. To be
0: a magician. To, <laughs> to be a <laughs> magic. <Yeah. laughs> He's a secret magician. She's got yeah. stacks of playing cards in her room He's and like, them out. <laughs> I got compared to, um, I was wearing my uh, pajama set, not pajama set. That one up there. Mm. For the listeners, it's it's a it's a black pajama set that's not a pajama set. And it's got like feathers on it. It's, it's very bougie. It's very, it's, it is very bougie, and I wore it out to my work Christmas party last night. And uh, my boss compared me to a goth Santa, which I loved. And I,
1: I also <laughs> love that. And
0: I can see it.
1: <laughs> he knows it when you're asleep. She knows when you're. I don't. Remember, I can't remember the Christmas rhyme. He
0: knows. He when sees you when you're sleeping. sleeping. He knows when you're awake. That's quite gothic, gothic. Santa. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Maybe Santa's really metal. We never really realised. Yeah Anyway, what were you saying before I said that? Oh, yeah, he's accused of being a magician. Yeah, he does he go is. through a lot. He does go through a lot. But there's a lot of, like...
1: The dialogue is quite funny It's in this all as well. kind
0: of... The dialogue is really funny. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah the women are interchangeable also. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, he kind mm-hmm. of stabs stabs his daughter thinking she's Isabella. Yeah. Um, and they're sort of, they are just kind of interchangeable. And then, you know, Isabella ends up marrying Theodore when Matilda was going to sort of end up with him. And it's kind of like yeah <laughs> it's kind of like the end of a uh, uh um what's it oh, what's it called midsummer night's dream when they kind of are just like ah yeah <laughs> just sort of they, they all end up with someone and it's fine even if even if theodore does, is sad um
1: i'm at the speaking of uh comedy i've just found the bit uh where he diego and uh jack Jack, Jack Jackers, Jackers, Jackers Um tells Jackers. Manfred about it, and they're like, and they're like, have you seen a ghost? And he's like, I wish I'd seen a ghost. Like, oh my god, I wish I'd seen a ghost. But they're like, it's the worst thing ever. It's the scariest thing, ever. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. It's the scariest thing I've ever ever seen. And Manfred's like, what is it? And they're like, like, it's absolutely terrible. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. And Manfred's like, what is it? And they're like, what is it? And they're like not telling him because they're just like so worked up about. And then it's like, his it's his a massive, massive foot. foot.
0: <laughs> and Manfred's like, what a Foot. <laughs> As are we, the audience. Like yeah. what? <laughs> Really? Satan
1: himself, I believe,
0: is in the great chamber next to the gallery. Yeah. The, Manfred's like Manfred's like Satan oh. himself is a massive foot. Yeah. Like holy <laughs> really
1: shit. What are you talking about? Like like it, honestly, like do, I mean, no, no," said Diego, and his hair stood on end. It is a giant, I believe. He's all clad in armor. For I saw his foot and part of his leg.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Manfred's just like, I do not have time for this. I do not have time for this.
0: It's just about. It's just this weird moment of levity. It's a very tense moment because this comes. Right as they're like chasing Isabel down the passage, and yeah. she just escaped, and then they like burst in, like just as she's basically like gone through the door, and it's all it's all very theatrical. And then they're like, "No, we've seen a ghost," and then it's like, "Oh my god!" It it like it's it's never it's never ending. Yeah. So, the <laughs> horror, the horror. And ah! then it's like a massive foot. <laughs> You're yeah. like, okay, well, <laughs> we can relax now.
1: <laughs> Satan, I guess, is a uh, is just his foot. It's the least scary part of him, probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you think? Do you think he'd wear... He has hooves, so... Yeah. I would like to tell um, the satanic church that they they shouldn't be worshiping a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> worshiping a You got watch. it wrong, <laughs> gang. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> he's fooled you all along. Uh, so I'm on the ending
1: again because I do think the ending does have comedic value. It ends so quickly. It's just like, t- try it. Like, it's just like Horace, like... I don't know the, the whole book is so but it ends bored. so
0: quickly it just seems to get he's bored like, get yeah, he's like and they get married in this time yeah and
1: they get the the disconsolate uh, company retired to the remaining part of the castle uh Manfred uh, abdicates the principality and um they both take on the habit of religion Fre- uh, Frederick gives uh Isabella to um Theodore what happens to Bianca we don't know what happens to the servants I think they've run away because uh because of the scary foot? What yeah. happens? The is castle anyone... is in
0: ruins at the, the end The castle of it, is so in ruins because what, of big... What do they actually own? <laughs> what do they, they... So
1: what did they get out of this? Someone's clear up this fucking helmet. It's been there for so long. Yeah, the
0: helmet's just randomly there at the end. And it's very... No, we don't know how it gets... I mean, we don't know how it gets there in the first place. Yeah. We don't know how it gets there at the end. And it's just like, you know... So what do they... do? This b- dead body? And it's just like the the, the feathers just rustling. And yeah. it's like... It's just like a massive helmet. And the big
1: sword is just, I don't know, I think it's buried at this point or like just on the lawn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got it mixed up with one of the other giants. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, (laughs) I think it's, I think I had a, yeah, I think I've had a funnier experience reading it.
1: it? I think I've definitely had a a funnier experience. I found it more effective as a, as a, as a comedy with spooky elements than, um, uh, a genuine a, something that genuinely frightened me.
0: Yeah, and I do think that that's that. I think it, I think that personally. Well, I, okay, I'm not saying as a blanket statement, but yeah. for me, I prefer funny, gratuitous kind of gothic, sorry Anne Radcliffe, than kind of like the sort of very thoughtful philosophical Frankenstein. Yeah. mysteries of the Udolphos. And I the like Indian-
1: Frankenstein. I'm looking forward I did enjoy this um, like a lot like I think it's very different obviously from from Frankenstein. I'm enjoy- going to enjoy the Monk I think which I think already has a bit of humor in just <laughs> so like the funny. first the first bit like
0: <laughs> We will be doing that that will be our next episode. Mm-hmm. Um and I can't wait to talk about that because I'm halfway through and it's it's
1: wild, fucking Again.
0: wild. <laughs> it's so insane. If we had, if we thought we had problem explaining this plot,
1: oh Oh, god. my god, <laughs> <I'm> a monk. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but that's my next. Before, yeah, the last point that I wanted to talk about is the is the representations of time, prophecy, and fate mm-hmm. in the novel, and I thought this was the most, uh, interesting gothic and also ridiculous thing yeah. about reading this book. Yeah. Um is that kind of an, like, there's obviously this prophecy that it's gonna, you know, leave Manfred's family blind. Um that he's really scared of. And it, it, it's, it's... But it's not just like, you know... The ghosts seem to have nothing to do with it other than being some kind of a harbinger. Yeah. But nature really plays a role in it. Like, there's the bit where, kind of, Isabella kind of runs... is You know, she's escaping from Manfred through, through the passageways. Mm-hmm. And she's kind, of, she's kind of... She happens upon Theodore, which is, again, another coincidence. There are so many coincidences. Cidences. Like, they just, you know... Everything, time, space—you know—the space of the castle seems to be kind of working to kind of bring Manfred down. I think Theodore, Um, that you mentioning that Theodore himself
1: exists as a sort of prophecy and a fate. Obviously, he's the he's the uh, he's the almost return of Alfonso, but he is really surrounded by sort of like ghostly imagery, like like I said earlier, with him sort of like being in the bottom of the um what is it, just like the basement or like the Yeah. The they, call it, they keep calling it the subterraneous yeah. passageways. The subterraneous <laughs> passageways. And they and keep him saying slow, it over and over yeah. again. They don't just say the passage. Yeah. They always refer to them as the Subterraneous passageways. <laughs> but him there is there is a real sort of like um ghostliness that exists around uh Theodore in him opening the door and sort of like being in the shadows, in the fact that he is like, um he appears to Manfred, especially in the armour, as, like, you know, Alfonso back from the dead. Yeah. So the kind
0: of manifestation of his doom. Of his, yeah, yeah, the manifesta-
1: the physical manif- manifestation of his like fate, of the prophecy here in, in, in the flesh, you know, to drive him out of his home. Yeah,
0: and Theodore is one of those ones who, yeah, keeps having all these coincidences. Like, he just shows up yeah. at the right time. Like, he's, you know, he goes... Finds his dad. He, he escapes into the woods and he happens upon... Isabella, and then, you know, kind of is the one to fight the knight who also happens upon them. And then, you know, it just is always, always has these kind of convenient kind of paths crossing. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like it went that, yeah. Which I think is pretty
1: gothic as well. It's very gothic, yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that's one of the things that I really like is that there's this kind of, you know, everything is.
1: Interconnected. Well, yeah, Almost incestuously so. Working
0: against Manfred. And, yeah, there's this, the, the bit where, you know, Isabella's in the passage. She, she finds Theodore, he agrees to help her, and then she's like, oh, like, I know there's a lock here to this trap door or whatever. Mm. I can't find it. And then adds, as she says it, there's ray of moonlight. You know, mm. something moves beyond the clouds and kind of lights up the lock, like, falls directly onto the lock that she needs to find. And yeah. it's kind of like everything, you know... Everything is kind of working. Nature, time, all of it, it to it's, aid it, her. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in this, in for in, this
1: prophecy to be realized.
0: Yeah, and it's not. It's not. It's very active. It's not just like passively happening. Yeah, like it's all like manfred is it fighting wants against
1: that. that. Yeah, <laughs> as hard as he can,
0: just as hard as he fucking can. Yeah, Is it's and uh, yeah, the concept of the repetition of time as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that the sins of the father will be revisited upon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the son is is. I was about to say, I was about to say is, is is a very kind of big thing. There are moments where it's kind of not.
1: Yeah. I mean, Father I've got... Father Jerome, for one. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah.
0: He, Theodore gets away with a lot. Like, Father Jerome gets away with a lot. And I was thinking, actually, when you were talking he earlier... He does. Yeah, Father Jerome. I feel like... Because there's a, another parallel to be drawn between two characters, and that's Father Jerome and Manfred, because Father Jerome is this kind of monk that has kind of fallen from grace from yeah. his earldom yeah. and had to give that up for you know the sin that you know we're never told about but we assume must have happened to some capacity yeah we aren't told about
1: it you have to just and speculate then,
0: yeah and then manfred ends up kind of in the same position where he sort of you know has to go into this life of of pure christianity he does and <laughs> for whatever
1: his transgression was
0: yeah exactly so there's this kind of parallel of like these these holy people who have who have re- who have sinned in the past and um, everyone uh, who's
1: left alive at the end is uh either taking the habit miserable
0: or <laughs> frederick <laughs> we hear nothing about how he feels <laughs> yeah it's just it, it's a very You're not the sins of the father on, on on the daughter has frederick sinned well i guess i guess in that way that's kind of the incest part because oh well, okay it's really... a, a good <laughs> reading <laughs> battered by their fathers and yeah. kind of passed around and sort of...
1: There's no, like... They don't need prophecy. Like, the father is literally uh, Yeah, violent. exactly.
0: Yeah, it's... <laughs> Nature's not doing anything there. It's all the it's dads. It's all <laughs> the
1: dad. That is... It is all the dads.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, um... It's a it's a book rich with uh, with gothic convention which it invented and then subsequently subverts the convention that it established. It does. <laughs> it really does within within the one hundred pages. <laughs> it uh, really does. So
1: it, I guess the book in itself is a uh, is a uh, you know what, what, what is the uh, father you know of the gothic genre Ooh. and uh, it sins I suppose a work through <laughs> by all the books to follow
0: <laughs> which we will be reading you know when I was when I was thinking when we originally agreed to do this podcast which is mm. by the way so long ago we agreed to do this podcast in July and it's taken us this long uh-huh. it's now February and we're only finally it was about
1: it. 70% my fault and 30% Charlie's as well <laughs> Charlie did also have her fair share of uh, postponing it we did mostly we me did. though it was it's mostly you was but we're mostly finally we're
0: finally doing it but we were originally gonna do, you know, the reason that I wanted to do this podcast was just so I could talk about Twilight. Twilight. We still are going um, to do and we Twilight. We will talk about Twilight. I'm very excited to do. To I am talk also. Twilight.
1: I rewatched. I think we should do the books and the movies because we're I, doing re- it, we did it also I rewatched it. Breaking Dawn yesterday, and it was just <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking crazy.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so bogus. We won't. We'll talk. We will do a. We will mm. do. We will do an episode or maybe two episodes on it because there's just so much I have to say. Mm-hmm. But um uh. You know, we were originally going to do that as the big opener and then uh, Jamie didn't read the books in time although nope. so, so we didn't do that <laughs> no, didn't. then we were going to do Frankenstein and we didn't do that one and then I was kind of like oh no, no. we have to read The Castle of Otranto because we're both taking European Gothic in, in, in uni this term so we might as well start this since we've both read it we have no excuse mm-hmm. and uh, I was like ah. Oh, Fine, all of my plans, all of my, all of my, all of my plans scuppered. Yeah, but I think it's actually a very fitting first episode. I think it's a good it is, first episode. You know, we're putting out, first... fe- we're
1: putting out feelers. We're, fe- we're, you know, getting getting to grips with how we're going to discuss this and how we're going to go on from here.
0: And also, it's the first, it's the original gothic. Oh, your novel. point is
1: way better. Yeah.
0: So it's... <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it's kind of like you know everything, everything that follows every every book that we will probably read will have been inspired by this in some way oh yeah yeah (laughs) so (laughs) beautiful um, beautiful we're still on track we're still exactly it makes sense it's all worked out and uh, it won't take us another eight months to do the next episode it will probably come out within the next few weeks because we have to read the monk by then so (laughs) (laughs) so um, I guess that's 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 where we should end it Uh, subscribe is that what people do like and subscribe. Prescribe yourself a- <laughs> to uh, our podcast. Uh, so that yeah, if you want to hear more from us and you wanna hear about what we think of the monk, um, subscribe so that you don't have to worry about checking back. In. It will just tell you. And you can hear our voices in your ears once again. Like I said we are doing the monk. I will make some kind of email and leave it in the comments below. If you want to read it along with us and Leave us your thoughts, mm-hmm.
1: which I'm sure will be ten times more
0: uh,
1: <laughs> together. Um and... we're
0: gonna have a better plan next time. Oh yeah, we're we gonna will. have a <laughs> <We> definitely will <laughs> <laughs> a better plan in place for the monk. Um, and yeah, if you wanna if you wanna send us your thoughts on it, do so. We would be yeah, because this is this is this is a book club, so join in. And uh, on that note, we will see you. We'll sign off. Yeah, you will hear us in your ears very soon. In the meantime, farewell. Goodbye. Bye.